Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am Louise Salas, your host and guide on this boozy barge. And with me, as always, is my first mate, the very lovely, the very talented, Mixtress DC Gina. Hi, Louise. That's cute. I like it. I feel like I should be like, I'll row the boat on our barge. <laughs> row, row, yeah. row the boat. Down the river. Right? I think I got this. I got this. We'll pick up some rum on the way. I'm just going to, I'm just thinking we might need a bigger paddle. <laughs> Well, we might be up the creek without a paddle, like usual. I'll take the bar spoon then, so there you go. <laughs> um, let's let's try not to sink, sink the ship, okay? Yeah. Just, just, you know, because we have a very important guest today. All right. And um, I think uh, it kind of follows uh, along this, string, this thought um, in that um, passions really can help build your career and they take you along a journey that you may not anticipate but it truly ignites the creativity within. And I think that really kind of sums up how both you and I have fortunately kind of found our way through the world, stumbled through yes. the world, who knows. Um, but I'm sure our, today's designated drinker is gonna like kind of probably feed that, uh, this thought and uh, add some flavor to it. Um, so why don't we just go ahead and jump in and uh, welcome today's designated drinker who is Tim McAnally, the host of Dine, The Dine, Wine and Spirit Show. Thank you, Louise. Welcome to the show. Hey, Gina. Welcome. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to our little show. Well, we're glad to be here. We're glad you're here with us. Absolutely. It's a great place to be. Um, just in case you don't know, we are here in the heart of New Orleans. We have uh, set up shop once again at uh, the Napoleon House. They're great hosts, um, which is also right here in the French Quarter. So we welcome you here. Um, just so you know, you may hear a little bit of background noise in this episode. They are doing tons and tons and tons of re uh, renovations to this beautiful, historic historic building. So uh, it's not just the knocks of the spirits that are in the building. It's actually the construction workers. Could be that. both. It's probably both. Yeah. <laughs> in this space, it definitely is. <laughs> so Tim, why don't you share with us how you, um, how your career went, your journey becoming a, a host of your own show. And then uh, maybe you can just give me some tips on how is to Is this a three-day show? Can we do three days of this? Is uh, that possible? It depends on how much alcohol Gina has. Well, I mean, I got a full bar. We've got plenty here in New Orleans, so we'll make it work. <laughs> thank you for asking, and thank you for having me on. I appreciate that. I, uh, I actually uh, came to New Orleans when I was rather young. Uh, I was 16, and uh, I'm from Dallas originally, and uh, never really thought much of that town. Didn't know why. Uh, uh, but uh, when... A a group of us uh, high school friends got our driver's license. Uh, we were 16 and we heard that uh, you could buy a beer in New Orleans when you're 16. That's a good enough reason to come. Well, there's road trip right there yeah. uh, built all over it. So we came and I absolutely fell in love with this city. I uh, had never been here before, and I said, oh, I've just got to end up there. So uh, I had to go back to Dallas, of course, and finish education, but I got out of college and came immediately to New Orleans. Wow. And, uh, and I've never regretted a moment of that since. It's, got into your blood, did she? It, it's a passion. It, it's, it's, it's like really having a mistress that isn't terribly demanding. <laughs> and uh, and uh, this city, this city uh, gets into your soul. And uh, if, if you get it, if you understand it, then no place else quite, fill that, quite fills that hole. Uh, a lot of, there are a lot of people, understandably, that don't understand it, that don't get it. We're not very American, all in all. So uh, we always talk about doing things our way and not the American way. <laughs> 
So that's that's really how it all happened. I was a journalism major, so media was the way to travel, and I did. And uh, in 2002, I uh, was offered the opportunity to host a radio program, uh, one of those weekend lifestyle blocks, and uh, it's just gone on from there. Cool. What was that first lifestyle block like? What was, what did it? Uh, 2002? Yeah. What does it, what did it? What it was the wine show. And so uh, wine was uh, something that I also had a passion for and enjoyed. And uh, I met a young lady uh, who uh, became my wife and uh, her father was in the wine business. So she sort of guided me down that path. Uh, it didn't take a lot of guidance or encouragement. I just went <laughs> and uh, uh, learned about wine. And uh, I was, I was, when I first had it, of course, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not uh, at the at the point you first try the wine. It's not a a classic beverage for you. It's an odd taste. But I was very curious about it, so I did a lot of study. Uh, uh, we went through a lot of courses uh, to learn about wine and. Uh, uh, she is. She and I today uh, travel the world, literally, uh, with the grape, and uh, and we do a lot of wine, professional wine competition judgings. Nice. So uh, yeah, so that's kind of the path. Yeah, absolutely. And then you, then you made it your career, though. Well, I mean, it's kind of nice. You have that it was a lot more fun than marketing, and so. Uh, so, but that that wasn't hard to figure out. But um, uh, I, I had a good career in marketing. It was all good. I was on the agency side here, and uh, and we uh, we had a, a good run of it. Yeah. And all. And then when you get to that age, you say, "Well, I've been there, done that so often. I'd like to do something different." It just sort of morphed. Yeah. And uh, and Katrina helped it along because uh, 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 after Katrina. There was no marketing to be done. Nobody needed to convince you to buy something. There was nobody here to convince. Yeah. So you had to either find a new path or leave. Yeah. And uh, and so leaving was not uh, an acceptable uh, solution. So we just I just said I've got to get into this thing and and do it really in a big way or at least a way. And so I I moved over into the broadcast arena, uh, and then went into wines and spirits and dining. Nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So what does the show, the show format look like? It's uh, interview style. Um, we do a lot of what you're doing here. We have people in the studio and uh, have a good time. And uh, You know, we never have those. Here. No, I, I... We never have good times. And I can fully appreciate that. And there's tasting on your show? Oh, yeah. Why would I do it? I couldn't taste what we're doing. There'd be no reason to do that. You know, I'd, I'd hang out in the street. And, <laughs> and so uh, we, uh, yeah, we, we taste uh, with winemakers, with distillers, with restaurateurs. Uh, we talk about what's going on in town and what's going on in the world and uh, try and report out the news of that industry. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's yeah. cool. I think you, if you ever need a, we get these, I get these, I'm sure you get these volunteers all the time. You know, if you ever need a designated taster. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of people that come on the show and say, so how do I get a gig like that? You know, and, uh, and it's, it's a good gig. Obviously, uh, New Orleans is not a large town. We are at best a mid-sized community. Uh, but our presence in the hospitality world is very outsized. 
Yeah. People love to come here. People love our cuisine. Yes. Uh, and along with the cuisine, cuisine go the drinks. And we do nothing to inhibit any of it. We encourage people. Absolutely. You know, yesterday I was in, I was in at one of the uh, events going on here right now and uh, having a, a beverage. And uh, I had to get to the studio. I asked for a go cup. And the guy next to me went, what? What is that? And I said, so where are you from? Yeah. Because <laughs> you're not from here. We knew yeah. that. Yeah. So, but dead giveaway. Yeah. So we uh, we are a town that wants people. You don't have to finish your drink. You can walk down the street Absolutely. and continue to drink it. We have drive-through daiquiri stands yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, still, which uh, really throws the people from California. They don't get that at all. <laughs> and uh, and so you uh, I mean somebody will hand you a daiquiri and don't get out of your car? I said, yeah, exactly. That's right. You know. So that that and that's what happened. So it, it is a town that loves to have a good time. Absolutely. And if you come here and not having a good time the truth of the matter is it's your own fault i say the exact same thing yes. your own damn fault if you don't have a good time you're incapable of having a good time there you go there you go <laughs> well why would you choose to come then yeah no but i think we should make a drink speaking of a good time i'm all over that let's yeah, do that let's do this i mean i've been living here for a while um so you know i i i decided obviously based on your show we have to do a wine cocktail oh cool all right thank and, you um you know, and one thing I love here is that you guys have the amazing fruit and melons and strawberries. And it's incredible your produce down here. And uh, we brought, uh, Louise actually went to the store and she bought um, Santa Claus melon, which is actually like a white cantaloupe. Right. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna make a cocktail. I actually scored this one so everyone can see. The truth was I had no idea what it was and I oh, knew really? Gina would be able to show me what to do. So <laughs> what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a, a, about just a little bit over a tablespoon of the white melon out and I cut it all up. Now, here's something fun. You guys could, you know, take these melon halves and put them in your freezer at home and turn them into a cup to serve, you know, a cocktail or uh, your friends. Um, we don't, we don't have a, we don't have a freezer, so we're just not going to do that right so now. So you're saying we could like hollow these yeah, out and look. use it as a vessel? Yeah, so look. Oh, yeah, that'd be amazing. And you do want to be sure there's not a hole in the melon. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> well, you could. Here's a good way to test. Ready? So you see in there right now, you have that little bit of juice, so you're like yeah. you're good to go. It's right? not leaking. Not leaking. Yeah. We just cut the bottom off and we we'll, we could uh, just make it stand up straight. There you go. I mean, I could just make yours in there if you're feel, if you're feeling gamey. Oh, it's up to you. Um. So then, uh, then we're gonna take. So we have we have this in there, and then we're gonna take um, just uh, two strawberries, and we're gonna um, put one in each one. And right now, the craze in wine, at least in where I'm from in DC, is uh, rosé. How is that doing down here? All day. Uh, you know, I get a big kick out of reading writers from around the country uh, who talk about rosé season. Uh -huh. we, do, we do not have rosé season. It's 12 months a year here. All day. And we drink a lot of rosé because of our cuisine, uh, the culinary you're talking about, and our fresh food, our fresh fish, and uh, our, uh, our spice. And the temperature is so warm here. You think? Yeah. Yeah, really? A okay. A little bit. I wasn't going to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> well, so anyways, we're going to mash this just a little bit. We're going to muddle it in there and make it really nice. And what we're actually making is pretty much like an olive minute on um, sangaree. We're actually going to add a little bit of, um, uh, of a little bit of color to this. I'm going to um, put a quarter ounce of Campari in here. Ooh. So it's going to have a little bit of a bittering effect on the rosé. And I know that, you know, perhaps adding, and just a quarter of an ounce, this is just a little teeny bit, uh, adding that to rosé 
seems like why would you take something so delicate and then put Campari in it because it'll compete with it, but it is the spice in the... In the I think it's a great idea, yeah. And then um, we have that in there. So we have a little um, grapefruit um, simple syrup, which is legitimately one part grapefruit juice to sugar, cook it, and we're going to put another quarter ounce inside of here. And finally, we're going to take... Well, not finally. One more, one more. I lied, I lied. We're going to do a half an ounce of actual grapefruit juice. Just fresh pressed. You guys have a wonderful little juice shop down here called Raw. So if you don't feel like making your own uh, juices, you can go there and they're all fresh pressed. It's a beautiful little shop. They it's, do a beautiful job. I love it. So we have a uh, rosé. And now um, this is where it's going to get a little bit uh, heftier. We are going to shake it. So Gina, would you recommend a dry uh, rosé or? I think it's a good preference. Like some people like a Pinot Noir rosé, some people like a Grenache rosé. Um, like I think it's kind of like what you like. Uh, this is one of those things where you you know you pick your own thing. Your flavor profile. Yeah, just don't. Yeah, just don't put a blush in here because that's not rosé. It's something else. Um, it's a different decade, different time. My grandmother's friends. I don't know. Um, so we're gonna take some ice. And uh, one thing that you could do if you wanted to is you could let this sit overnight, let all the fruit mature, and then strain it out. I am not a huge fan of a big chunky glass of um, anything. I don't like it in my teeth. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to. Like there was a there's a time and a place for that, but today's not the day for it. Yeah. So we need a little shake. Yeah. And we're not gonna we're not gonna you know destroy it. We're just gonna help it along. So how many would you recommend? How many shakes do you recommend? On Five to seven. Gotcha. Just enough to um, give it a teeny little froth. And we're gonna, of course, get a wine glass together. Sure. This is the most exciting part. Pretty fancy. Well, you know, I hang out with the right people. You do. You do, Louise. Uh, you're gonna fill your, you don't fill your glass all the way to the tip top. If you want to, go ahead. You don't need to. But I prefer uh, this, and it's got a real pretty color to it. So let's see what happens here. There, again, you're. Oh, that's beautiful. You double strain that to keep all the pulp out. Yeah, the pulp out. You know, more like a glass of wine. It's just, just really, you know, it's delicate. Even though it doesn't seem like, you know, we just pulverized everything. But you got, but <laughs> it's delicately pulverized. You got this really, you got this really pretty thing happening. You have this beautiful melon in there. You see, you have melon juice, you have strawberry, nice acid from the strawberry, and uh, complement it with your rosé wine, a little bit of grapefruit, and then, of course, your grapefruit syrup, but only a teeny little bit, not a lot of sugar. So this is a, it's a, and of course, the Campari helps make that beautiful color in there as well. So, like I said, you can just, you know, keep it, and get a little bit faster. That's pro tip, you just give it a little tap, and it'll come through. Please don't do this because you'll ruin your um, strainer and then uh, just for just for color you know just for because you have to have a garnish right we'll put one in there pretty yeah so well Gina gets this ready if you have missed any of her tips or how to just head on over to designateddrinker.show that's designateddrinker.show and she'll have all of it for you and then oops there we go. Okay. Pretty. It's pretty. No straws, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. becoming environmentally incorrect, isn't it? It is. It's the plastic ones. And if we had um, paper, I would say okay. But 
You know, I like the ocean just the way it is. So let's let's keep going. Cheers. 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 Absolutely. Cheers. You didn't make one for yourself, chef. I no, I don't drink on the designated drinker show. I'm working. Oh dear, I would. Oh, uh, this is beautiful. I'd have a talk with my agent on that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm working this show. Well, you know, I got something we could try a little yeah. of. You know, we like to do a little whiskey on the side. That is delicious. That, that is, is so beautiful. refreshing. Have you had your uh, Tabasco Dickel whiskey yet? Well, no, I have not. Um, uh, and in New Orleans, uh, well, Tabasco was made here. Yes. Made just outside of town. On Avery Island. Um, yes, uh, right around New Iberia in the uh, in Cajun country. Uh, we, um, we eat mostly crystal here. Yeah. So, whereas Tabasco sells as much here as Crystal does, it's a neck and neck kind of thing. Mm. Crystal burger? So No, no, not that Crystal. What Crystal? It's a Crystal hot sauce. Oh, the hot sauce. Got crystal it. hot sauce. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta give you a little taste of this since you haven't had it. So, this is the dickle that has been... Um, is that Tabasco? It is. It How is. about that? It's Look at that. It's aged in Tabasco barrels. Good for them. Yeah. Good for them. We should try a little sip of that. So now I'll have my cocktail. And now to you. Now we'll have the shot. We'll have the shot we were talking about. Thank you both for being here. To Gina. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's, um, you can, we were talking about this. um, We've been talking about this a lot lately. It's really, it's really beautiful. It's very different. Isn't that nice? I just shot it though. Oh, that's beautiful. That is really good. I, I think they've uh, hit that flavor so nicely in that. It balances the heat. Yeah. It really does. It rounds it out, as um, Gina would say. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not every day that you get to give the man that talks about spirits and wine something something different. So exactly. I was like, wait, have you tried this? <laughs> oh, there's more. No, I'm just kidding. I <laughs> but hold on. Let me go down to my cellar. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there is no keeping up, is there? It's uh, happening faster than you can stay current. Oh, it's in, it's it's incredible, and then everybody always has something new that's going to happen, uh, just when you think nothing's happening, or you think that you've gotten it, and it's like ten new products or something crazy yeah. comes out. I'm going to say, as a host of a podcast that's all about drinking, that's a good thing. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> it's a good problem you, to have. You have chose correctly. Yes. <laughs> I just don't know why it took so long to figure out that this is what I should be doing. Well, we can never walk into these things. You got to earn them. Absolutely, every day you got to earn it. That's, that dickle is delicious. Isn't that good? Yeah, it really is. So um, tell me this. How does someone catch your show? We're on uh, WGSO.com. Uh, the TuneIn Radio app oh, gotcha. uh, is the way to go. And we're also, obviously, if you're in the area, 990 AM is the, uh, is the position on the dial. I don't think there's a dial anymore. I don't think there's somewhere. a dial. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and then, I think you just uh, asked Siri now. And I don't know. Have, and then we have the podcast uh, on the WGSO.com website. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And how often do you launch your episodes? Every day. Uh, oh, uh, we do once a week. Every day. 365. We used to do three hours a day. And then I, uh, about four years ago, went back to two hours a day. And then at the beginning of the summer, I went to one hour a day. Yeah. Uh, in order to, uh, I do a lot of traveling, and two hours a day sort of puts pressure on the uh, repeat episodes. Yeah. So uh, we're now at one hour a day. Gotcha. We'll go back in the fall to two hours. Well, cool. Where are you traveling next? Uh, ah, somewhere very exotic. Lansing, Michigan. What goes on there? <laughs> it's the uh, Michigan Wine Competition, Ooh. and uh, I I enjoy that. We don't get Michigan wines here. 
Um, there aren't there aren't enough to go around. You, I'm sure you do in DC. Yeah, we do. Got Finger Lakes. I mean, for Finger Lakes, Michigan, on the whole region around the, the Great Lakes, we get all kinds of stuff. Yeah, in DC. Yeah. Yeah. No, we well, and we don't even get really. We don't get a good selection of Finger Lakes wines here uh, because there just isn't enough to go around, and you got to leave somebody off. They got some good ice wine, that's for sure. So, well, they certainly do in Canada, uh, that's for sure. And New York does a good job of it, too. Michigan is doing a pretty good job with Cabernet Franc and doing a pretty good job with uh, sparkling wines. So I was going to ask you about this drink. That, to me, a sparkling rosé in there, like a champagne or something, would be interesting. Oh, yeah, you would definitely do that. That's um, absolutely. This is... I like to, what I like to do when I do these recipes is I do give you like a, a base, a mother. Yeah. And then you take it the way that you want. Like, you know, you could put your effervescent in there, you could put club soda in there, you could do your, your thing, um, to make it the way that you like it. I just, you know, I really love just send like, like a little bit of sangria on a hot day or something like that. Just like real icy something to drink that's kind of like, this you is could beautiful. Sip yep. And not take. Yeah. Like I know this, ro- you know, the rose all day, um, craze really gets me. Because it's so easy to drink and it's high outside. Low alcohol. Yep. I start drinking it. I think, ah, we can have another one. And by another one, I mean, we'll get to another bottle. And then I'm like, oh, the next day I know, I'm like, I'm in a whole new, I know, a whole new dimension of the day. And I'm like, um, what happened? You're feeling better by six o'clock. Oh, yeah. Or not at all. Or not at all. <laughs> or not at all. Yeah. The rose, I, I, I have to say who the, the term rose all day has like really changed um, my forecast of what lunching was about. So, <laughs> so I, I'm okay with that. So you're saying that if you wanted to make it more sessionable, as you would say, you could add like a club soda, make it more like a spritzer. Yeah, you could. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, yeah, you definitely could. Um, uh, spritzers generally are, um, you know, low alcohol unless you add, of course, gin or something else to it. Yeah. Grappa. Yeah. Um, I love I love a spritzer with grappa, and I see the grappa and the wine, and it's like staying with the grapes, but different ways of using the grapes is great. Or you know, using pisco, using again a grape again. It's just you know, it's kind of lovely. You know, staying in uh, the family. I just stay in the family ish. You know, even though I use the Campari in there, but it's all herbaceous anyway. Yeah. So do you see any big trends that you like that are happening here in New Orleans that you are? We're not trendy people. Uh, we're celebrating our 300th uh, anniversary. And uh, I would say that's about as big a trend as we've had in 300 years. Uh, we 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 don't we don't really go in those trend directions. We're very conservative in that regard. Uh, uh, the uh, officially legislated cocktail. We are one of the few places that have one of those oh, things. We come from uh, when is as well. Yeah, yeah. Sazerac, right? Is the Sazerac? Yes. Yeah. DC, we have the Ricky, right? Yep. Is that officially legislated yeah. by the? Well, what is the DC board? Is it a council? It's a uh, it's a council, the mayor, and then um, it's also a historic society, um, historic property now at the JW Marriott, where there's a plaque where it was invented. Well, the state legislature defined the Sazerac as our official, uh, uh, which was invented here in 1845. Uh, it was the really the first cocktail to have a name. Uh, part of that time, cocktails didn't have names; it was just a thing. Everybody, every pharmacist made their own concoction, and you went in and said, I want to have one of those things you do, and uh, you had it. So that came about, and then in 1884 was the Ramos Gin Fizz, Henry C. Ramos, who was a mixologist here, and uh, then we had the Vieux Carré, uh, which was invented at the Monteleone Hotel right up the street. Amazing. Uh, in 19, what is that? 1934. 
right after Prohibition. What is what is what cocktail is that? Bourbon. Bourbon. Bourbon cocktail. Bourbon. And it's a little absinthe, and uh, it's delicious. So. Yeah. And, um, and so that's as trendy as we get, 1845. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're, you know, you're glossing over the Sazerac. The Sazerac was invented, and then, you know, Antoine Pechot invented the bitters, and he did this, and it was actually really close by here. Was it, it's right here, right? The, the museum. And um, by the way, where we are right now, we're at the polling house. If you go down the street over on uh, Char- Charter, no, right, Char- Charters. Charters, right down the street, it's right here. But, um, you know, I love it because he made this, he made this bitter as time and then he made a vessel to use it, but he could only make this drink with that. So in, in my mind, I mean, that is definitely marketing at its, at its peak. Oh, well, if you want to make this at home, you have to buy yeah. this bottle. <laughs> well, you had to go to the pharmacy to get it. So it was not a packaged product. And in fact, every pharmacist had his own bitters. Oh. So he furnished that to his customers to help make the medicine go down easier. Uh, now, of course, bitters is 45% alcohol, yeah. so everything's gonna go down real easy with that. Uh, and, uh, but it, they all had their own trademarks, uh, Pecho and, and, and the others. Uh, they were all pretty much along these streets here because the French Quarter was a neighborhood, which it still is. Yes. Yes. Still with our, you know, your own restaurant, your own laundromat, your own dry cleaners, the whole thing, and yeah. hardware store. So uh, people, people forget that this was a real neighborhood. People lived here. Creoles lived here. Yeah. The, the original in, uh, inhabitants of this neighborhood, uh, and then it went through a series of uh, other folks who moved in, uh, but the Americans never moved in. The Americans were never welcomed in the French Quarter. <laughs> but they are now. As Maybe. Definitely as Maybe. tourists. Maybe. We'll see. The yeah. city is very welcoming. Yeah, yeah. It's yes, of course. Of course. Of course. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're pretty nice to us. I mean. Yes. Well, we're happy to have people come to town and enjoy what we have. It, we're, we like to share. It's, it's, uh, and that's what it's there for. It's no good if you're going to keep it to yourself. You might as well share it with people who come to town from, from D.C. or from Phoenix or from L.A. And they don't have these things. Yeah. So you say, well, you know, let's try this out and see what goes on. Well, L.A. must think that this is like a movie set. Yeah. Oh, it's just like a movie. Yeah. Where it's real. You, you, have, you have to remind people from L.A. that this is authentic. Yeah. This, is, this, this is really the way it is. Yeah. We had two great fires in this neighborhood, one in 1788 and one in 1794. And after that time, really nothing much got built. Up until 1830 was about the last place to be built in the quarter. There was just no more room. It's very authentic. No, okay. no. Yeah. Except this hotel across the street, the Omni Royal Orleans, which is the last hotel to be built in the quarter. And that was built in 1960. Oh. And the only reason the hotel could fit there is because a hurricane in 1904 knocked down the building that was there, <laughs> and it sat vacant from 1904 to 1960. Are you wow. kidding me? I didn't know that. That's so cool. I mean, not cool. It's not cool. What hurricane was that? I don't know the name of it. I was going to say. It was I'm a big like, one. I'm upset. <laughs> I already love Tim. Tim's like a walking encyclopedia. It's like, go, tell me what goes on in this street. This is, this is, this is my kind of uh, person right here, for sure. So um, I think this might just be the place that we need to... Do what I always have to do. Aww. But it's a good thing because then we'll just take it somewhere else and then you get to hang out. We can even go to his favorite place. Yeah, we do that. So, Tim, it's closing time. Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, we don't have last call here. 
do here. <laughs> but it's not, so it's uh, closing time. But we don't have to go home. Okay. Because we're just going to go to your favorite bar. Uh, well, that sounds like a winner. One. I love that idea. Thank Cheers. you for being here. Cheers. Thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers. Young lady, thank you very much. Oh, you need more. I know. Hold on. Yeah, Let's oh, redo that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Redo. Cheers. It doesn't Cheers. count. Yes. Mm -hmm.